Life Audio. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Nunnery, and today we're diving into a topic that can sometimes feel like a daunting challenge, making writing fun in your homeschool. But before we embark on this exciting journey to unlock the joys of writing, I want to share a resource that's near and dear to my heart with you. It's called Heart School, How Amazing Parents Become Excellent Home Educators, a book that provides valuable insights into the heart of homeschooling and its impact on your family's spiritual journey. You can find more details about this book and an exclusive offer just for you by visiting teachthemdiligently.net forward slash book. Trust me, this resource is a game changer for your homeschool as it will give you straightforward instruction as well as helpful insights on the powerful impact you have on your children when you homeschool with their hearts in mind. Now, back to this episode. Joining us today is the wonderful Christine Zell, a homeschooling mom to four and the creative mind behind Rabbit Trails Homeschool. She believes that homeschooling adventures can happen anywhere and that learning through literature, especially picture books, can be an incredibly enriching experience. Christine's insights and experiences in making writing enjoyable for her children have inspired many, and today she's here to share her wisdom with all of us. Whether you're a seasoned homeschooler or just starting out, you are in for a treat. In this episode, we'll share common writing challenges children face, how to overcome the fear of writing, and the role of literature in fostering a love for putting words on paper. Christine's creative approaches will leave you inspired and equipped to make writing a fun and engaging part of your homeschooling journey. So stay tuned. Subscribe to the Homeschooling Families podcast and be sure to check out Homeschool for the Heart at teachthemdiligently.net forward slash book. Now, let's embark on this exciting adventure of making writing fun in our homeschools together. So without further ado, let's jump right into this enriching conversation with our special guest, Christine Zell. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast. I am so glad you're here, and I'm really glad for you to get to meet and hang out for a little while with Christine Zell, who's joining us today. Christine was with us at several of our events last year and just was such an encouragement. And she brought so much energy and so many new ideas. And so I'm very excited for you to get to talk to her today. So Christine, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you. Well, I am too. I'm excited. I think that the topic that we're going to be addressing is is a friction point in a lot of homeschools. So I think it's very, very helpful to talk about writing, making it fun and all of those things. But before we go down that that rabbit trail, ha ha ha, um, <laughs> I would love, <laughs> that just came to me. I just had oh, to throw man. it in. <laughs> <laughs> I would love for you to tell everyone a little bit about yourself and the opportunities that God has given you over the last several years and how that kind of has has grown out of things within your own family. Yeah. So I have four children and they are all over the place in ages. I have ages three up to 15. So we are doing preschool. We are doing elementary, middle school and high school in my house. 
all at the same time. So it's it's never a dull moment. <laughs> in fact, I'm just I'm really hoping that we don't have a three year old bust in here. I'm trying, you know, just pray with us right now. <laughs> you know, honestly, and I, I'll inject this here. I was doing a podcast with David and a couple out in California when Lila was who's my youngest was about three and she came barging in and wanted me to smell her strawberry smelling pencil. Oh, and of course. they left it in because it was so perfect. And now every time I talk to that, the host of the show, she brings up that strawberry smelling pencil. It's precious. So if you have an, an unexpected visitor, we will just embrace that <laughs> and enjoy because that is real life as a homeschooling family. Oh, it is. It is such a real life homeschool family time because, yeah, like like I said, we're all over the place. And, and we try to just embrace it. I even still try to combine as many lessons as I can, even with how spread out all yeah. of my children are in ages. And that is kind of how Rabbit Trails was born a few years ago was I, back then it was language arts specifically that I was looking for. And I just could not find exactly what we needed in our home. And so I created Rabbit Trails through literature and it has just very quickly snowballed to every subject but math. <laughs> wow. so, yeah, so we just have embraced it and rolled with it. And God has brought wonderful women in to help me with writing lessons and, you know, all of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes in the business. And it's just been really cool to see how he has built it because I am not a business person and I am not, I think I even like said this at a couple of the times I spoke for Teach Them Diligently. Like, I am not a professional speaker. I am not any of these things. It has just been what that God has created this platform so amazingly to just not only so I can help my own family, but we can just share the stuff that has helped us with other people. So it's been really cool. That's awesome. I love how many different homeschool moms I get to talk to who God has said, if you have this struggle, if you're searching for this, other people are too. And he is just taken exactly what he put in their hands and that's what he's using. And I think there's such hope in that, in recognizing that that God uses right right where we are, right the circumstances we're in, if we're willing to follow him. So I'm I'm glad to have you here, Christine. I really am. And I'm excited about your resources. And what I really wanted to talk about today is this this hurdle that so many families run into of helping their children learn to write, not not hate to write, making it fun. What in the in the conversations that you have had, and even within your own family, what have you found to be some of those challenges that families face with regards to to writing? So, my family, I feel like all of them so far, which is only the oldest two, right? Because my youngest, my third youngest, is first grade, and then of course preschool. So they're not quite there yet. But my oldest two boys, they both just had the struggle of really just how to start writing, right? They mm -hmm. didn't, it wasn't so much that they lacked imagination. And that's what I hear from so many families. Well, their imagination is there. How do we foster this imagination so that they can have that come out? Because they can act out all of these things. They can put on plays. They can do all of these things. But then when it comes to sitting down and writing, they blank and they aren't able to get it down on paper. And so I had just tried over the years, you know, again, different curriculum that wasn't working, 
for the longest time for my oldest who's in high school now, like I just didn't have him right because it was just like it wasn't worth that struggle and it wasn't worth the tears if it's going to make him feel less than and if it's going to hurt our relationship. And so that's really one of those situations where I had to put relationship over rigor and just say, you know what, we're going to take a step back when you are older and have more of those tools. That's when we can focus on it. And now that he's a sophomore in high school, his papers blow me away, like the vocabulary he's using and just the structure he's using and all of that, that I'm just like, how did this come from my kid that even three years ago? wasn't writing much, you know? Um, And so it's been fun to kind of use some of those learning tools to then use for my 11-year-old and to have him be able to write in sixth grade and not have to just wait until he's a little bit older. And so that's that's what I'm hearing from other families too, is just they have the imagination, they, they are able to do this, but then when it comes to actually doing the work of writing, they just freak out and they, they don't know what to do. Even if they know how to write an essay, it doesn't mean that they're doing it well and without a fight. Yeah. yeah I think it's so important that as parents, we, we truly live in understanding that we as parents equip ourselves to try to have a better view of what may be going on there. So what are some of the challenges, some of the roadblocks that these kids have when it comes to writing? Because I think if we could understand those challenges better, we're going to be a whole lot better equipped to try to overcome them and, and help our kids overcome them. Yeah, for sure. So the biggest struggle that I have seen in my home is just that white page syndrome. So they're sitting down, they have that paper in front of them. And even if they know what they're supposed to write about. Like if they have a writing prompt or even if, again, like they know how to form a five paragraph essay and they know that they need, you know, that tagline at the beginning and all of that, they still will sit down and go, well, I don't know what to write. And so just getting past that white page syndrome and really finding ways to to get that creativity and to work with it and to get that brainstorming going so that then they have literally everything they need to then start putting all of that brainstorming onto paper so that that white page syndrome is completely gone from them. Yeah, that makes total sense. It's intimidating. I think it's intimidating no matter how old you are. It's like, oh, I have to fill this with my, my ideas and my thoughts and so that makes that makes total sense. What are some other things that that you have run into that that kids and actually all of us can struggle with? Yeah. So it's the biggest struggle that I've seen is just that getting ready to start is how how am I supposed to start with this? But also if they don't have the right brainstorming tools or if they're using the same tool every single time, it's it's just going to become so over repetitive that they they're that kind of that white page syndrome is going to come back because yeah you can only use the same graphic organizer so many times before then it's just ineffective and so having yeah. just some some new even hands on ways like how can we make this just slightly different and how can we even like my biggest thing is I love literature. And so if we can somehow pull something from a book or how does this author 
right? And what is their inspiration? And can we feed off of that to then use that same type of writing or that same type of inspiration or that same type of brainstorming for them to write that way then? Yeah. And so we study a different author every single month and we're able to do that background research and say, like, we just did, oh, I have Arnold Lobel on my mind now because that's who we're studying right now. We did Bill Pete last month. That's what it was. And Bill Pete would go outside with like a yellow notebook Hmm. and he would let nature inspire him. And so we encouraged kids to go outside in nature because he would start with his sketches first. And he would let that take his imagination on. And then like, what's happening with this creature? You know, we're looking at this robin on the post. What happened to that robin that day? And you can start thinking of what that robin did that day and where they are and where they're living and what they ate and just kind of going through and observing these things and then writing about it. And so that's what helps some children is even thinking of it as a storybook is let's create these characters in drawing first because kids love to draw. Right. And then let's start our story after that. And so that was what we modeled with Bill Pete last month. And so then it's just really interesting to see these different authors and what they are doing so that we can then model that. After a short break, we'll be right back to talk even more about this. That is such a genius idea. I'm blown away. That is a really, really cool starting point for helping your kids understand a variety of ways to get inspiration and ideas. Never, ever would have thought of that. So I'm so grateful you shared that. That is that is straight up genius. I'm I we we done here, and I feel like I'm fulfilled. That was a great, great idea there. <laughs> so, so what do you do with a kid? Like one of mine. Yeah, I, I was telling you beforehand, now that my kids are all big and, and grown, they are all actually prolific writers. We are we are a very verbal family. We we are we are we can get some words out in a myriad of different ways. But one of my sons in particular was so unbelievably concise. Like he would have been a professional Twitter person because <laughs> he could he could communicate so well in so few words and actually truly communicate well. It was it was a gift that was bizarre to me, but he struggled to actually extend and to use to to work out these concepts more deeply because he could say it so concisely. So what you know, what would be some strategies even for for those ch- children and, and probably more boys than girls? They tend to not need as many words to get their point across. You know, what are some principles or some strategies that could maybe help in those kind of situations? So a few months ago, I don't remember what author it even was now and what brainstorming we did, but I know that we worked with adjectives and we were just trying to, I, whatever book it was, had tons of different adjectives in it. And so that was kind of the exercise that month was just focusing on adjectives. And so they weren't even expected to write that much that month. Like we weren't expecting them to write several paragraphs or anything, but it was just trying to get those, that descriptive part of the story out of them. Cause I love creative writing, especially 
in that upper elementary, early middle school age, I feel like creative writing helps just increase that confidence so much before we worry about research and all of that. Because first they have to love writing before they're going to even want to accept the fact that they have to do a research paper or anything like that. So yeah, so we focused on those adjectives and just focused on how can we make this sound so amazing and so magical to move forward from there. And so my son, so we've only been using, because this is our rabbit trails or journey down the rabbit trail writing membership that we've been using. And we just started this a year ago that we had an author study that people loved and were having fun with, but we're like, this is an extra. And let's face it, none of us need extra in our life. (laughs) So how can we change this into a core subject? And I was like, well, that's our struggle is writing. How can we change this into a writing curriculum instead? And so just from last September to now, we went from that struggle of barely putting anything down on paper to where now he is taking off. And we're in, I'm only expecting maybe a paragraph from him. He's then writing like two pages. And I'm like, where did this come from? Like the who is this kid? You know? Yeah. And so it was fun that I'm like, I don't expect you to write anything huge for this. You don't have to write a whole book. But I want you to put lots of descriptive detail because we've had that too, right? Where they're just being concise and just putting just that very bare minimum to get their points across and not spicing it up at all. Right. And so now I almost have the opposite struggle where I'm like, we have a busy day. Like, I really just want you to write a paragraph about this. I don't need two whole pages. (laughs) So great problem to have, right? And then I'm just like, okay, we have to stop. You have to finish this later. We have to move on with our day and we can absolutely keep writing later. And so, yeah, so just finding, and again, like we're not going to expect that every single month, but the more that we're adding just those little bits and pieces, I found they're starting to keep that going as the months go on and we're focusing on something different. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Do you find that for a lot of these kids that there's actually a fear of, of writing, a fear of constructing or putting their thoughts out there that in that way? I think so. And I think the biggest reason why is because we expect so much out of kids so young sometimes when it comes to writing and even spelling, right? That we're expecting these first, second graders to spell some pretty complex words and to write. I mean, I've seen already by third grade that they're writing five paragraph essays. And while some kids can absolutely do that and knock it out of the park, I feel like probably a good 75% of kids that age just are not quite ready for that yet. And then parents are like, well, what's wrong with them? And it's like, well, they really should just be starting to learn how to hold a pencil correctly, really by that age. And so it is a lot to ask them to write these really long, you know, drawn out papers when we're just, we really just want to start building the confidence at that age. And so just kind of taking that pressure off and just allowing them to just gain that confidence and to let their imaginations kind of run wild. Because then once they are hitting fifth, sixth, seventh grade, they aren't afraid anymore. And then you can start going into those complex, you know, we can get those paragraphs written and we can start looking at some research and they aren't so afraid of it then because then they're excited to write and they have that confidence already. 
Right. And and I think that one of the real struggles as a homeschool parent is you don't have 24 others of the same age to compare their writing to. So you are comparing their spelling and writing and so on to yourself or to their older sibling or whatever. And it's very easy. And, and I think that this is a pitfall that we need to be very careful of. It's very easy to raise our expectations to such an unreasonable level that we truly are instilling fear and fostering a dislike of some of these more creative subjects because they they aren't given the the chance to to fail and to do it poorly right. which is all part of the growth that's how you start expanding and you know write a paper that I can't even read because the spelling is so atrocious but but write it and then read it to me so you can tell me <laughs> you read me that story but i i fear that we our expectation because of the pressure that we as parents put on ourselves is so high that we're a lot of times we're stifling our kids yeah and i was actually just talking with a friend i think last week two weeks ago and she was worried about writing she didn't even realize that i had a writing so she's like what can i do and i was like i don't like please don't feel like i'm pushing my product on you but i really think this would help because she did have a child who was a perfectionist which that was how my oldest was so he yeah. wanted his writing to be perfect and he wanted to make sure that like the structure of his sentence was perfect where I was like, I don't care. I just want you to tell me that story. And so even my daughter who's first grade, she's just learning how to like really write her words out. Like even today, she's like, oh, is is spelled I-S and wrote it down herself. And I was like, yay, we're getting there. How exciting. But <laughs> she's able to even do this writing with my 11-year-old because she can do it orally. She yeah. can still take those concepts. She can still do the brainstorming and just break it down orally for me. And so even if you have a second grader, third grader, fourth grader who is really struggling because they have that perfectionist tendencies and they want it to be spelled perfectly and all of that, that they can't move forward in their writing, I feel like just letting them do that oral storytelling is still so huge because then it's like, okay, you literally just wrote an entire paper and speaking it to me. And, even, you know, whether we are writing it for them or typing it for them or whatever it is that we can be like, you just wrote this by speaking it. Yeah. And that's, again, that con that's all they need in that confidence booster to be like, you're right, I did just do that. And that then, you know, some of those inhibitors are just kind of gone because then they're not right. worrying about their spelling and all of that. So there's so many different pieces for early writing that sometimes, you know, we do get caught up that it's not perfect spelling or it's not perfect structure where it's just, we just want your ideas to get down on paper first. We can worry about all of that later. Right, right. Well, and like you even noted, the the instilling of confidence that we're able to do in them as we are cheering them on and coming alongside and being enthralled in the story that they're telling. And, and all of these things go so far towards giving a foundation for a great writer, you know, who is confident and willing to share and open up because there is a level of of exposure that comes with writing that a lot of people are uncomfortable with. Because if you're putting your thoughts on paper, you're exposing them to the world. And there's there's a little bit of insecurity in that. For sure. Yeah. And I even like even on my blog that I sometimes worry, like, is this even proper grammar or any right. of that? And it's just like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Like if I just need to get these thoughts out, 
And and I'm always very upfront that I am a homeschool mom first <laughs> and that I am not perfect or any of that. And so if they, you know, they get that kind of beforehand. So if they're reading my stuff and there are errors, yes, it's probably because I was typing it with like a child on my lap, you know? And nice. so typos are going to happen. But we we still have that as adults to be like, is this even worded correctly, you know? Exactly. It's so easy to to allow insecurity to stifle our own creative flow. So as parents, it's really important that we give our kids the confidence and the tools that they need to just thrive in this area. You mentioned earlier your love for literature and how, you know, the the tools that literature give us really do help. How how are, you know, I guess the better question, what is the role of literature in teaching writing? How do those two work together? So we take a picture book every single month and we're able to pull themes out of that. So this month we are doing Ming Lo Moves the Mountain by Arnold Lobel. And so we're able to look at that and that it's a folktale. And so we're able to look at Arnold Lobel's books, which are very folktale-like in sense. And he has a fables book and all of that. And we're able to see that that is a form of writing, is that there are folk tales. And so we're focusing on those folk tales. And actually, our activity for brainstorming this month was to look at other folk tales and fairy tales, because a lot of them go hand in hand. Like Cinderella is both a folk tale and a fairy tale. And we actually encourage the kids to take different folk tales and split them up by beginning, middle, and end. And so they, my son did pick three folk tales. I think one was the three Billy Goats Gruff, and then he did Cinderella and something else. I can't remember what his third is. And so we put them on post-it notes, and he had them beginning, middle, and end. And I said, okay, I'm going to mix these up now. So we mixed them up on the table, and he had to pick a beginning, middle, and end. And luckily, they were from all three different stories. Oh, yay. <laughs> that was his assignment, which we're actually starting this week. We've got to start the writing part this week. So I'll let you know how it turns out. But he's going to do a folk tale using a different beginning, middle, and end and somehow make them fit together into this cool. new folk tale. And so all we're doing is just taking whatever, you know, it can be a theme from that book or it can be like we did with Bill Pete that we can take how he wrote and what inspired him in the beginning of his writing and just using that as inspiration for these kids because these authors are just mind-blowing in what they put out there, especially looking at these picture books that sometimes it is those illustrations that inspire the kids. And sometimes it is, you know, looking at the type of writing that maybe folktales are their thing, but more fantasy is not their thing and research isn't their thing. Well, great. Let's work on these folk tales then, and really, like, how can we make that fit in um, other months, maybe, so that you're still kind of getting that confidence boost, as opposed to doing something that you're not feeling confident in. And so, I encourage parents all the time too to like go down your own rabbit trail. Like, if this, even with this assignment, with having that different beginning, middle, and end. If your child's not feeling it, but they like are starting to go off and they're figuring out their own story, let them go with it. You know, like don't don't tell them they can't because the rule is you have to do this. Like allow them to go on their own path with it as long as they are writing. That is all that we care about. Well, and that's such a good point, too, to remember is 
we are trying to give them skills that will serve them well for the rest of their life. A specific assignment doesn't necessarily factor into that. It can be a variety of different assignments. They can go different routes with the same assignment. But so we don't want to get so focused on the specific of the assignment that we squelch the love or the development of the skill that will serve them well for the rest of their lives. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'll a lot of times in my weekly emails to our writing subscribers, I will say like, you know, as a challenge for your older kids, have them do this for your younger kids, like, let them do what they're going to do. You know, like you can all you can do is kind of lay that foundation. And if they want to take off on some other crazy idea, let them write. Yep. That's all that we need is just let them write. Let them write. So, so good. And it's again, it's so important that we do let our kids write, that we that we do foster that love, that we remove those things that will be challenges or cause fear. Christine, we are running low on time, but I want you to tell everybody about your resources and and even tell us where can we find you, connect with you. Give us a little bit of that information now before we have to head. Yeah. So I've been talking about Journey Down the Rabbit Trail, which is our monthly writing subscription. So every single month you will get a new writing assignment. And we also have language arts, we have history, we have science, geography, and you can find all of that at rabbittrailshomeschool.com. And I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. I have YouTube videos with a bunch of curriculum walkthroughs. So if you just search Rabbit Trails Homeschool or Rabbit Trails, you'll you'll find us. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, we'll make sure that we link all of those things in the show notes so that it makes it as easy as possible to find you. But thank you so much, Christine, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. You are very welcome. And to everybody else, thank you guys for hanging out with us. You know, it is so important that we give our kids the skills that they need to communicate well, because we never know what doors God is going to open for them. And so making sure that we don't do anything that will close a door for them or keep them from walking through is a really big part of our job. And communication is a really big part of their lives in the days to come. So I encourage you to check out Rabbit Trail's curriculum, see the resources that Christine has, check the the links in the show notes. You know, it sounds like her newsletter would be just so full of great information and ideas. I I thought that she had some fantastic ideas and ways to approach things that I, I'm excited to learn about and pass on as I direct people to her in the days ahead. So be sure that you check those out. Make sure that you're making your plans to join us in the spring. We would love to see you at Teach Them Diligently. It truly is impossible to overstate the impact of all of us coming together to celebrate that our mission is greater than all of these other things, but then also to equip ourselves to do our job with excellence and to do it while we're having a lot of fun, a lot of fellowship and and learning under some really great people. So I encourage you get your tickets now at teachthemdiligently.net. Make your plans to join us. Engage with us all year long. And I look forward to seeing you and talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more, so check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. 
If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. 